following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthman. His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of Virginia. I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes to another episode of Inside the Jackal's Head, right here live on PSN Radio and of course, SoFlo Radio and the Global Enlightenment Radio Network. And I just want to thank everybody for spending another evening here with me on this Sunday night. And it's, uh, of course, April 25th, 2021. Um, I have a really, uh, well... I have uh, a lot of stuff to cover tonight. I have uh, some uh, sad news, uh, which I'm going to get to here in a minute. I have a wonderful guest during the, during the uh, second hour. And as you guys know, we record video on that hour. So uh, that's going to be really cool. Uh, he's a gentleman who was here on before and love uh, having him on. I, I really uh, did enjoy the uh, time that uh, he was on here with me because I, I consider... Uh, what he does uh, to not only be, you know, in the realms of uh, the special kind of science that we uh, we need more and more investigation into, uh, but it's a topic which uh, a lot of people still can't wrap their minds around. And I'm talking about Mr. Mark Fiorentino, the author of Master of Reality. And, uh, of course, he was here before, and uh, just a fascinating uh, conversation we had with him. So I, I was, uh, you know, just dying to have him back on, and uh, we were able to uh, put put it together tonight. Uh, the the book is awesome. If you guys still have not checked this book out, uh, I, I highly, highly recommend it. Master of Reality. Uh, it's uh, something I've read uh, twice now, and I still uh, have, uh, you know, a billion and one questions uh, for Mark. Uh, great, great uh, guest. Uh, we're going to have him on in the second hour. Uh, if you guys want to uh, ask any questions, he's in the uh, chat area with us on the uh, PSN uh, Skype chat. You can uh, get in there by going to publicstreamingnetwork.com, and you'll see the Skype icon right there. Click it. It'll take you right over there. If you have any questions for Mark or myself, uh, I will take your questions on there, and I'll read them on the air for Mark and, of course, for myself and the network. A lot of stuff happening uh, network-wise also, which I'm going to cover. And uh, I wanted to lead off, though, with, um, before I get into anything else and, any you know, other news and stuff, um, really sad, sad um, news uh, um, just hit me a few hours ago, and uh, I'm really tore up about it. Um, you know, as a lot of my listeners and, uh, my new viewers who are now, uh, being, uh, indoctrinated by my, uh, radio show on video on YouTube and all these other places where I post the, uh, post links of, uh, the, uh, interview with the guests, uh, from the show here. But, uh, <clears throat> as a lot of my listeners know, I lost my mother, uh, in 2016 to cancer and, um, you know, it was one of the, the hardest uh, moments of my life, if not the hardest moment of my life. Um, I would say uh, definitely the hardest moment of my life. Um, you know, I, I, I've i not been the same since. 
Um, you know, mourning that kind of loss is uh, just something that you never get over. It's a terrible void, and anybody who's had that loss knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I just uh, was uh, told that uh, one of my uh, really uh, long-time uh, good friends, I'll say one of my best friends uh, in life, uh, lost her mother, um, Elena. I'm not going to give out last names just uh, out of respect, but Elena, um, she's, uh, she passed of cancer, just like my mother. Um, they discovered it a few months ago, and um, she passed away yesterday. So, um, Marina, her daughter, is a friend of mine who I've known for over 25 years. Uh, her husband, Gary, is uh, also somebody I've known for over 25 years. Uh, in fact, Gary, uh, not to be confused with the Mad Martian from the Martian Revelation, by the way, different Gary. Uh, this Gary is uh, uh, probably, I would say, one of my closest friends uh, that I could really uh, count on uh, throughout the last uh, 13, 25 years of my life i mean when my mom died you know both gary and marina were there uh they've always been uh very inclusive and uh, very 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 uh good friends and uh, i could i know that i've always been able to count on both of them and whenever i've you know been in need or anything like that emotionally and uh, uh i i have you know just uh, nothing but uh, wonderful uh stories of them and you know marina's mom uh in fact i i rem- remember that when my mother passed away, um, the year that she died, uh, before she passed, a couple months before, uh, it was around, I think, late January, uh, we went and saw Jim Jeffries together, uh, me and Gary and Marina. And uh, we, uh, you know, Jim Jeffries uh, is a hysterical comedian. <clears throat> and uh, one of my favorite uh, working comics today, by the way. And uh, we went out and saw him live, and that was just a, a hell of an awesome experience. And uh, then, you know, we were, um, you know, hit by the uh, loss of my mother a couple months later. And uh, later on that year, during the, the holidays, uh, they knew how depressed I was. And, uh, you know, they had a, a thing at their house, and they invited me over, and uh, I mean, I went over just because I was really alone and uh, just, you know, it was bad times. And uh, they were very, very nice. Uh, Elena was a, a sweetheart. Um, you know, it, it's a shame that you lose anybody uh, to cancer or to any disease. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it, it just, it never, it's a void that never goes away, so... Uh, my thoughts and prayers are with Elena and uh, with her family and uh, Marina and Gary uh, and their immediate family. And uh, I wanted to take uh, a few seconds here uh, really to, you know, uh, give um, just, uh, you know, um, I guess a moment of silence and prayer to uh, the loss of Elena. Uh, so uh, let's take a, a couple seconds of silence here and... Uh
rest in peace. Now, uh, well, how do you uh, move on from that, right? Uh, I don't know if you uh, folks have been uh, checking out the news, but uh, I'm going to get to uh, some news, uh, some current news events and stuff. Uh, I wanted to also uh, say that uh, I had uh, Spud Goodman on on the 22nd, and uh, that show went really, really well. If you have uh, not listened to the show, it's live on the archive now. Uh, and you can check that out over at angelespino.com. Uh, the uh, video of that show will be uh, posted on the YouTube, DLive, and everywhere else uh, probably by tomorrow, along with the uh, the interview tonight with uh, with Mark Fiorentino. Uh, both shows will be uh, live uh, by there uh, by tomorrow. So if you guys miss the uh, the podcast on audio, you'll be able to at least get the interview portion on video. All you know. And uh, you'll be able to check that out. Again, you can check out all the podcasts and everything on angelespino.com. And, uh, well, guys, uh, let's get on to some, uh, you know, less uh, depressing uh, things to talk about. Uh, it's uh, never an easy segue from one thing to the other. But uh, there is some stuff that I do want to cover that's been in the news, as you guys uh, are well aware it's been uh, just a fun week when it comes to some of the new stuff that's been going on in our country. Uh, we have, uh, you know, the outcome of the Derek Chauvin, uh, Chauvin, 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 <coughs> you know, the, uh, the dude who uh, kneeled on the neck of uh, George Floyd. Uh, he was found guilty on all charges, and yet somehow uh, it appears the memo has not uh, been delivered to uh, the rest of the people in uh, Minneapolis because uh, I don't know if, if any of you out there are, that are listening uh, are aware of how many uh, violent acts uh, this one death has caused in this country. But uh, I thought after the you know the plea of uh, or the not the plea but the guilty verdict was announced that you know things would quiet down and. You know, things start to get back to normal and, and, you know, people will kind of like, you know, you know, stop with, uh, the, the burning and the looting and the shooting and the, the, you know, the maiming and, and all that stuff, uh, that it keeps, uh, that keeps us divided. But no, it seems that, uh, it's still going on. It's actually, uh, not getting any better. They're making, uh, more and more demands now out there. And as that stuff is happening, and uh, they're blaming, of course, systemic racism and all that stuff, and, uh, you know, the police can't do anything right. You know, you have uh, this incident with Micaiah Bryant, a 16-year-old girl, uh, who was stabbing another girl, and uh, she got shot by a police officer. And the cop now might face uh, charges. I mean, can you believe this? The, there's people that are also in that area rioting, or at least peaceful protesting, and uh, they want the police officer to uh, be charged. Now, I've seen the footage. I don't know if you uh, folks have seen the footage of that incident, but uh, I mean, when did we uh, become a, a nation of of complete, you know, imbeciles in this country that we cannot understand that, uh, you know the police in this uh, situation 
actually behaved accordingly. You know who, and I said this before when I first, uh, you know, found out about this. You know who's very happy uh, right now that the police officer showed up when he did? The girl in the pink. And uh, I'm pretty sure um, that being that uh, she survived this uh, possible death sentence, uh, that she's ecstatic to see the police. But she has been very quiet, and and I wonder why that is. I wonder why she hasn't, like, uh, spoken up to try to, like, stop some of the violence and some of the stuff that's happening. Because, I mean, if anybody should, you know, be at the forefront right now in the media talking about how ignorant, you know, people are acting, considering that she's, you know, also a black lady and, you know, a black girl because she's a young girl. I mean, there's this two, uh, these, you know, these two girls were not that old i mean there's two young girls fighting and one pulled out a knife and and you saw the uh the body cam now of course they're gonna you know blame the cop because you know it's all racist that's all that's all these people uh, care about it's all racism racism you know the cop has to be a racist he shot a black girl and we have you know gaslighting by uh, people like LeBron James, who, I mean, come on. You know, we need, you know, at this moment, for people to stop sending out messages that are that are just full of misinformation. We need to, like, and this is something that I hate about social media. It puts you in a place where you could just be quick to jump down on a story and just put out the most negative thing in the world, right? Because you think is... It, it's the right thing to put out there in the universe. So you put out this tweet, LeBron, and you put the picture of the uh, cop who uh, shot um, this young girl, and and then he posted, "You're next." <clears throat> now, I'm no genius here, but that's uh, you know threatening if you if you ask me. So I don't know how the NBA has not come down harder on LeBron. Um, he's done, you know, uh, really just ignorant things like this before. Remember, this is a, a guy who is a, he's probably like a billionaire by now, right? He's got, a, he's got a lot of money. And, uh, I mean, LeBron's not hurting. And, uh, LeBron, um, you know, he is, uh, <laughs> look, he opens his mouth a lot, and a lot of the times that people like you know uh, look at him and and they believe that he's onto something positive and yada yada yada, and you know that he is you know uh, the king and all that stuff. So that you know there's a lot of young minds that are indoctrinated by what he says, who follow what he says. But you know it's, it's unfortunate that uh, a person of his stature who has this kind of a following often, you know, says things that are just sort of left field and just so ignorant. Uh, they really boggles the mind how anybody pays attention to this guy. I mean, LeBron James literally is making now threats against the police because they, they defended and saved a black girl's life. And he's calling that somehow racist. Like, I, I don't understand that. But, you know, we're talking about a, a person here who went on to, and I forgot the uh, person's name who he, uh, you know, I think it was the Rockets owner, 
uh, you know, the, the the team, the Rockets, Eastern Rockets, I think it's the owner, I forget his name. Uh, but he had uh, denounced uh, the communist China, and LeBron defended communist China. I mean, that right there should tell you everything about where, you know, he stands politically. If that doesn't, you know, tell you what LeBron is as, uh, you know, in his politics, nothing ever will. With that said, he has a huge base. And he should really understand that with that kind of, uh, you know, responsibility that he has... And that kind of reach that he has, he needs to really watch the things he says. Because right now in this country, there's so much tension with, you know, not just, uh, you know, the blacks and the whites and the Latinos, but I mean, the Asians, uh, you know, Indians, uh, you know, there's, uh, all, all groups are like, you know, like flipping out right now. It's a, This is insane. I've never seen this. Yeah, you know, the uh, LGBTQ community have also, uh, you know, have been out there as, you know, a lot of them are in Antifa. And uh, they've been out there doing their writing and, uh, you know, their craziness also over the last couple of years. And, you know, we need to get back to normality here because it's really like the inmates are running the asylum right now. And when LeBron James, of all people, starts, you know, like jumping the gun... And posting this uh, ignorance, it's just egging on more and more ignorance. But you know what? It's not just LeBron. You also have the President of the United States, Joe Biden, doing the same thing. All right? We have uh, other politicians who are, you know, looked on as, uh, you, you know, they're the head of their uh, of their states or cities uh, who are doing the same thing. Uh, we had now Lori Lightfoot, who uh, has been saying that she wants to uh, reduce the amount of police in Chicago. And just uh, 24 hours ago now, we had a, a child shot and killed by a gangbanger and uh, and uh, by a McDonald's. I mean, seriously. And you want to defund the police. You want And so you want to make it easier for criminals to commit crime. Now... Again, I'm, you know, I'm no, you know, police officer. I'm no, you know, uh, judge, jury, or executioner. But I think, uh, you know, the reverse is what needs to happen here, not less police. In your area, Lori Lightfoot, I think you might need more policing. You know, but these people, like, they say these things, and it's completely just ignorance. It it does nothing but just gaslight already bad situations in those cities and areas. Instead of trying to find a common peace, it seems like they just they they want you know more violence, and it saddens me because it really does feel. And uh, I think that this is something that even Mark later on might uh, have uh, a thought about. Um, you know, it might just uh, or it might have something to say about, but. It might just uh, be that we've kind of like uh, really uh, gone through a Mandela effect or something because we're living in what feels like an alternate reality right now. I mean, what's good is bad. What's bad is good. People are just, you know, doing these crazy things in the streets. And you see it on TV all the time. The news is lying constantly. We have a president of the United States who is on there consistently lying. I mean, it's not just a little white lie here or there. No, no, this guy has been lying since before he became president. 
and the lies are continuing, and every time he's caught with a lie, the media doesn't do anything about it. I mean, remember, we're talking about a media that covered for his uh, son and his laptop situation, and that alone should tell you that, uh, you know, not everything is great, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, that something is really uh, off the, the hinges there. And, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what these people are expecting, but I will say this much. They need to start, you know, getting their stuff together. And I, you know, and this is something that it, it you know, it doesn't fall, you know, that, that far from the spectrum of, you know, being exactly what it is. But uh, I think a lot of the problems is that, you know, we have a certain political party uh, that wants to stay in power really, really bad. And uh, they just, they don't care. They're doing things that, uh, you know, that are to them okay. And, you know, they're going to, they think they can get away with it. So they they are, and, you know, because they can. Uh, you know, right now, because they hold majority, if you, if you know who I'm talking about, uh, in, in all branches of government, they, they do think that they can get away with things, and they have. Remember, we're talking about a, uh, a side here where the, nine, the now VP... Uh, literally, last year was bailing people out. They were rioting and looting. Think about that. Your vice president was giving money to people that were rioting and looting last year. During the summer of love. Okay, folks? The dreaded summer of love. Um, there's rioting and looting and all kinds of things happening and Kamala the vice president of the country now was out there rioting and looting and uh, I know that I had a little bit of a drop stream there I don't know what's happening with the uh, audio stream but everything's recorded fine so on the podcast it'll be uh, a-okay uh, they're probably doing uh, some crazy hexing or something on our uh, audio uh, feed. Uh, it, you know, it's uh, always happens when you know I go on the air and I have uh, a person like Mark who is uh, talking about some real stuff that deals with science and spirituality and how we connect everything together. We're you know we're gonna have him on in about uh, thirty minutes. Uh, but getting back to what I was talking about here, uh, you know, people like, look, LeBron James, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and let's be honest, everybody else who's, uh, out there uh, tweeting and twatting and posting stuff that it's just gaslighting bad situations need to stop. Okay. There, there needs to be, uh, accountability for this kind of behavior. And unfortunately, we seem to be in an area right now where the left doesn't want to take any accountability whatsoever. But God forbid anybody conservative says anything in this country right now because they will label you a, a neo-Nazi, skinhead, drug-dealing, murderous, uh, whatever they want to throw in there, uh, you know, racist, bigot, misogynist, hater, I mean, you name it, they'll throw it at you know at you. 
even if it's not true, they'll still throw it at you because that's the way, you know, the, the cookie crumbles right now for anybody with any conservative uh, viewpoint. And myself, I'm neither conservative or liberal. I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I'm not a Republican or Democrat, as I've said many times. I register independent for a reason because I think independently. And I like to see all the eggs in the basket before I go and make my vote. And, man, I'll tell you what, uh, the left really makes it hard to vote for any of them. Because every time I look at and just, you know, look at their actions, uh, I'm talking about these uh, folks have completely lost their mind. I mean, we're talking about people that, that think that, yeah, let's, uh, you know, we, we got to take the guns away from the people. Okay, fine, uh, there's Cinderella. Guess who is on board with that ideology? Criminals. They love the idea that normal civilians can't bear arms because it doesn't matter to them. They're going to get guns illegally. You think they're not going to be able to make guns illegally? Do you think a criminal who is committing crime that you have not been able to solve. And I'm not talking about, like, your crime of passion or anything like that, you know, that uh, that happens and you're able to bust uh, somebody because they, you know, committed a murder or a robbery or, or something, that, like they robbed a bank or something, and you're able to catch them right away. I'm talking about, like, a career criminal who uses guns, shoots people, you know, murders, gets away with it. Uh, and uh, it goes on for like 20 years without anybody even knowing that this person's a killer. There's a lot of folks like there in the world, okay? Don't fool yourself. And do you think they care about how strict your gun laws are? Huh? Do you think when they, do you think these folks go and actually buy guns legally? I mean, how delusional do you have to be, do you think? To think that they go into like a gun store and they're like, yeah, I'm about to murder about uh, 25 people in the next 10 years. So I need to have a gun registered under my name with the bullets under, you know, my registry. Uh, so when I shoot people, it'll make it easy to point the, uh, the you know, the, the, the crime to me. You nincompoop. That's not how that works. Okay. And anybody who's ever bought a gun in this country knows that there's a background check. It, they don't just give you a gun, okay? You do have to go through a background check. You know, there is a formula and a system attached to being able to, to bear a weapon like that. Okay, now hunting rifles and stuff, I know for some time, you, you could probably get them like at Kmart and Walmart, you know, like the cheaper ones. Uh, and in some parts of the country, they still make those pretty accessible because hunting is, you know, very uh, much a sport. But even in those areas, to buy those weapons, you have to have a license. Okay, you can't just go in and be like, yeah, I want to buy a rifle. Yeah, just uh, that one looks pretty. Can you, can you give me that one from the wall over there? I want to buy that rifle. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, that's fine, sir. I just don't see my face. I'm, I'm, I was never here. Look, folks. Idiot. You're either right or you are blind. Uh, because I really just don't get 
how people still think in this day and age that stricter gun laws or removing guns is going to make it any safer for anyone. Okay, Chicago has very strict gun laws and in they have also a ton of crime. And a lot of it is gun related because again, criminals don't care about laws. Okay, we got to get that through people's heads here. People are completely missing the boat here with this. Criminals don't follow the law. That's the whole point of being a criminal. When you commit crime, that's something that, you know, you normally do in secret. You try not to get caught. You know, if you're pulling guns out, you know how you get caught? When you use a registered pistol. Okay? And what I love about the the news media, when they talk about guns and they completely mismatch what they're even talking about, because they, they don't know. They're just, you know, these are puppets. They're being told, say this or say that, and this is what we believe, and you got to push this narrative. Okay, uh, they're Frito Cuomo. Okay. I do whatever you want. I'm Fredo, Fredo Cuomo. You know, when when you're in this situation, and these are the people that are you know talking to you, and you're watching them. Play, you know, pay attention because they have no idea what they're talking about. They don't know the weapons. They don't know what they do. They don't know what's a assault rifle. They don't know what's a semi-automatic. They don't know their handguns. They don't know anything. Okay, these guys on the news, uh, they're just spewing out nonsense. And, uh, you know, it's just, again, to get you to release the idea that you can have protection. Because they, you know, they're being, you know, they're being told by whoever the powers that be are that we need to remove guns from citizens. Now. Do I think that we need eh, some kind of a uh, little bit of a uh, you know help with uh, with weapons uh, issues? Yeah, I think that there could be some sort of a uh, you know reform that makes it a little bit you know stricter for people that might have like mental health conditions, and I've been saying that for a long time. You know, we don't uh, really address that that much in this country, but, but, the mental health issue in this country is the number one issue when it comes to the whole craziness that is the gun problem. If you watch, and and I know that uh, some people have, taking major issues with, uh, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, the Parkland shooting and all the uh, the school shootings and stuff. And Joe, um, not Joe Rogan, I was about to say Joe Rogan. Uh, Alex Jones, of course, is, uh, you know, has been uh, all over the news for a long time since the Parkland shooting uh, with uh, that, you know, as an issue uh, that has been hanging over his head. I don't know why. But it has, uh, you know, not let, you know, they have not let go, basically. And for him, I mean, I don't understand this situation 
that is causing you know all the uh, the drama to continue. But what he said was uh, that there's uh, what looked like, at least to him, to be crisis actors involved. Now, sure, I don't think that all these uh, people were crisis actors. I mean, that's ridiculous, and I don't know why he would even say such a thing. Uh, but I will say this, in his defense, they have attacked him before. And, and every time they have attacked him in the past, he somehow has managed to go and, you know, eventually be proven right in some way or the other. And it's amazing how it just it's happened over and over and over again. I have no idea, you know, why the people even doubt it anymore because it's happened, you know, several times with some of the most ridiculous things. Uh, for example, the sex-swapping frogs. I don't know if you uh, folks remember that. But the sex swapping frogs uh, thing, which uh, he was involved uh, with uh, a few uh, years ago, was something that a lot of people gave him a lot of you know stuff over. Guess what? It turned out that it was actually true. There was a mutation that was being uh, those being caused by some weird thing, and frogs were literally changing sex. Okay, this is something that really was happening. This is not a joke. Uh, you can look it up. It's actually been reported now that there was a weird uh, mutation in frogs literally were changing sex, okay? And now they know, okay, this actually could happen. But when Alex Jones spoke about it, people are like, oh, see, he's just saying the frogs are turning gay now, and he's just he's crazy Alex Jones. Uh, you know, and that's not fair because... Again, these are uh, people that are uh, putting uh, and assuming that he is uh, completely crazy, which, you know, Alex tends to be a little bit out there, I will say. But at the same time, some of the information that he's, you know, come out with over the last 20 years has been pretty on point. I mean, uh, the you know, the guy, for as much, you know, hate and shade as he, as he gets... He has uh, come out with some pretty interesting stuff, uh, not just when he went and uh, and did the investigations in the um, uh, Bohemian Grove, but, I mean, other stuff that he's done over the years, you know, which uh, have kind of, like, been very interesting. I remember The Road to Tyranny was a one of his original documentaries, and that was a, a very interesting uh, documentary. And, you know, looking at it now, you know, that back then was conspiracy theory, right? Well, look at everything that's happening now. How much theory do you think it was? Huh, folks? How much theory was Alex Jones really putting out there? How much theory was really uh, William Cooper putting out there? Right? How much conspiracy stuff were they putting out there? Well, I don't know. Society has really done a uh, complete... uh, you know, twist from uh, those days when uh, it was just conspiracy theory. Now a lot of those conspiracies are becoming conspiracy facts. And I'll tell you what, we need minds in this country that are as brilliant as the guest I'm going to have on here in about 20 minutes, uh, Mr. Mark Ferrantino, uh, to not only, you know, uh, 
dissect the reality of you know space time and everything that you know that's happening in the, in the universe uh but it'd be interesting if they have you know any words of wisdom for our society right now because uh you know we need more people like them speaking out and less people like lebron at this moment uh lebron is a complete nincompoop and it's a shame because again he has such a huge platform so uh, it, it's just, it boggles the mind that you have somebody like that with that kind of an outreach, and all he does is just throw out hate. Uh, remember, this is the guy who uh, said that he didn't like white people. I mean, he straight up said that. He grew up not liking white people. He doesn't feel comfortable wh- uh, around white people. And, uh, I mean, I don't I don't get it. And he defends uh, communists, uh, the communist regime of China. Regime. Regime. Yeah, anyway. The, the, the CCP. Now, I'm not trying to hate on China, okay? I'm not a xenophobe. Relax, calm down, take a breather. I actually have a little Asian in my family. I have a great-grandfather who was uh, from mainland China. And uh, and my mom has a mix of different things in her uh, family. My dad has Spain in his family. And, uh, you know, my family is well diverse and mixed and all avenues and ways you could think of and i love the chinese culture the people i took martial arts as a kid have nothing but respect for the actual heritage of the chinese culture but the ccp and the communist party of china is just one of the most horrific things that this world has ever seen and I'm talking about as the, they're as bad as Hitler. You just haven't heard of some of their crimes because it's been swept under the rug. And not to put down what Hitler did, don't get me wrong, horrible what he did. Obviously. I mean, you know, the 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 whole Nazi regime uh, is the most despicable thing that ever happened on this planet. But when you want to compare something that is right up there, uh, let's look at the... Thousands and thousands of not only Uyghur Muslims, which the media knows a little bit more about, but the full-on gong, the uh, practitioners of peace who have been uh, completely uh, ostracized from society in China, murdered, their organs have been harvested. I mean, all kinds of disgusting things have been happening to these people. They've disappeared. And, uh, you know, you anybody who listens to the network and knows Mitchell Nicholas Gerber, uh, who does a podcast here a couple hours from now, uh, knows, you know, that he's been on the, the forefront of that for the last 15, 20 years, talking about that from a young age. And he's, a, he's still a young guy. He's younger than I am. And he's been out there, you know, uh, talking about this for the last at least decade plus after he started like investigating more and more about the full-on gong. And uh, they're situation is just atrocious and uh what has been happening there is just beyond belief but then you have lebron james applauding the communist uh, regime in china completely uh like he's completely sold out to these folks and i don't understand for a guy who's uh, uh you know making again he's made millions i mean again like i said earlier he's probably a billionaire and for a guy who has that kind of money, to not do things that are positive in the world really makes me believe that we're living in a, an alternate reality and we're living in the Mandela effect. Because 
growing up, whenever I looked at these athletes and I looked at, you know, heroes in entertainment and stuff, you know, which these are just people. But, you know, when you grow up and you have a sports hero or you have a an actor who or an actress you really like and they become like almost heroic to you uh you know you you like to see them do good things like one of my favorite actors is Harrison Ford Harrison Ford is, I mean god bless this man he is a hero by all intentions I mean he has done heroic things he's saved people's lives uh, yeah he's just an actor but he's literally like gone out of his way to you know save others uh, who've been in, in in trouble, and he saved lives. And I'm telling you, I don't think he's human at his age. And he just signed up for another Indiana Jones movie, and uh, he's still flying after he crashed a, a plane a couple of years ago. I mean, it, uh, that that dude's incredible. Uh, remember when he did the Force Awakens uh, a few years back? Uh, he broke his leg, okay, during the shoot. And he was back on the set within about a week with a broken leg. In fact, uh, he was, and he was doing like scenes where he was running around on a broken leg. And you would never tell by the movie that he was having uh, any issues or anything running around with a broken leg. So, you know, these are the, the people that I grew up, you know, looking at as uh, great actors and, and, and I admired their work and stuff. You never heard about them, you know, putting out this kind of incendiary, uh, you know, message out to the world like we see from our athletes and our actors these days like LeBron James. I mean, it's it's crazy the way, we, you know, things are just twisted right now. You have directors who have put out, you know, thousands of tweets over the last uh, 10 years indulge well, over the last uh, eight years indulging in pedophilia talking to, you know like it's a joke on tweets and in social media and stuff and uh i mean and they are still getting work in hollywood how does that work they're still working okay and others that are you know just because they're conservative lose their job and are completely like thrown out of the system of the Hollywood system because of their political views. While you have these people that are literally like flirting with pedophilia and they're being rewarded with uh, multi-million dollar contracts and all, you know, all this nonsense. Uh, I mean, it's a crazy world we're, we're living in right now. And I wonder uh, if if it's like maybe uh, we are actually heading towards uh, like a judgment day type of scenario because, you know, I tend to believe personally that uh, while there might be, uh, you know, a judgment day and, you know, the the end of days like, you know, the Bible, you know, speaks about might happen i mean i don't denounce the or you know i don't say that i know more than uh than i do about reality and uh i don't i don't fully uh uh you know exclude that as a possibility and it really feels right now like we're heading towards down that path anyway i hope not you know i hope that we could all like you know fix the situation but again it does not help when you have your big stars both in sports and in entertainment, 
and and all these places just completely missed the boat and just uh it, it's a complete shame and uh it boggles the mind how these folks are even uh continuing their you know their behavior and are continuing to sell products and sell sneakers and all the stuff that they're you know they're doing uh you know LeBron James sells more I think right now than any athlete and I'm talking about like you know the products that he sells more LeBron James sneakers sell than I think just about any athlete right the dude he, he's you know he's a big you know uh, a big uh, like a merchandise uh, or a collector uh, you know hobbyist uh, guy, you know, like he's big on in those scenes because he's a great player. So, you know, people that are into all that stuff buy a lot of his memorabilia and whatnot. So he has literally a huge following and again, uses it for, you know, not great things. Leave it at that. And, divis- and divisive things. By the way, that's my chair squeaking, so no funny comments. And I don't know what's happening with the stream, but it's gone down a couple times, and uh, the recording is going to be fine again. I don't know exactly what's happening with the stream. Hopefully, uh, whatever I just did might have fixed it. But uh, it's funny because the connection on the uh, internet is fine. I mean, I've had no issues with my internet going down or anything. And uh, computer's working fine. But uh, you know how these things are, folks. Uh, everything seems to be working fine, and then the stream starts acting up. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but uh, we're going to take a break here in a few minutes anyway, and uh, we're going to get uh, Mark Fiorentino on the line. And hopefully uh, we have a smooth uh, show from here on out. It'll be recorded, of course, uh, video and audio, and uh, we're going to have everything posted to you for you to uh, indulge in later on. So uh, please stick around as I take a uh, break in a few minutes. Uh, We will return with the uh, guest of the second hour, Mr. Mark Farentino. But uh, I just want to leave you guys before I uh, go on break with uh, this thought. Okay? Think hard about the nature of the way the world is right now. Think about everything that we're facing as a society. And just ask yourself, do things feel like they're going in the right direction? Do you really believe that what this country needs is no order, no self-protection, no authority figures like the police to help people out when they're being shot or killed? Do you really believe that chaos and murder and mayhem, robbing and looting and shooting and all the things that are happening is a way to like get your point across? If you're that person, please, please seek therapy. Please get a doctor who could sit you down and have a good conversation with you and really dissect what your problem is because there is something there mentally that you need help with. There is no need for any of the violence that's been going on, and I see it constantly happening. 
and now it's uh, become, uh, you know, just one tragedy after another. The media is picking and choosing what they want to put out there. People are eating it up, and they're so indoctrinated with this divisiveness that it's going to literally cause a civil war in this country. And if that's what you want, then God bless your soul, but you deserve a lobotomy. The last thing this country needs is a civil war. Our enemies out there that are communists, that are trying to destroy this world, are laughing at us right now. And we're doing this to ourselves. And we're doing this because we're being indoctrinated by evil entities. And we need to take our lives and our country and our way of being back from these people. Guys, this is our probably our road to Judgment Day, whether you believe in religion or not. We are on that path, and we're being put here, not by our own doing. Okay, because normally the regular person just wants to go out about their daily lives. But we're being put here by the people in power whose sole agenda is to stay in power, take away our freedoms, and turn this country literally into a complete communist country. And folks, believe me, I come from a a country that had communism, still does, and you don't want that kind of nonsense in this America. I'll be back in a little bit with my guest. This is Inside the Jackal's Head. value yourself, your family, your friends? Want to know more about how to survive, thrive, and stay alive in these dynamic times? Listen to Around the Campfire with Kate, Thursday nights and Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, only on PSN TV. That's Around the Campfire with Kate, news that nobody in the MSM wants to report. Remember, train hard, train smart to survive, thrive, and stay alive. You can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. 
Come listen to the bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show Tuesday and Thursday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific for the best in late-night conservatarian wireless talk radio at shrmedia.com. Raised as a free-range child with dirt and freedom, BZ is broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California. Jump into our plush, sumptuous, palatial, and resplendent chat room at shrmedia.com. Now, with 18% more umbrage and 20% more bulbosity than previous shows, and with delicious Liberty Additives. Remember, BZ realizes that with great beard comes great responsibility. No chinchillas were harmed, embarrassed, or the focus of any sarcasm whatsoever in the making of this ad. Hey, Mom, why is the sky blue? Why don't animals talk? Why do dogs have wet noses? Why is an 11 pronounced 1-T-1? Kids ask a lot of questions. Why do I have a belly button? But you don't have to know every answer. Why is the ocean salty? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are there 50 states? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. Why is pizza round? They just need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. This year, firefighters like Fire Chief James Hall will battle wildfires around the country in hopes of containing them. But firefighters can't do it alone. A single ember that escapes from a wildfire can travel more than a mile, or it can ignite and destroy your home and community. Get Fire Adapted. Learn simple steps you can take now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. Unleashed Jeremy Hansen, the most explosive pro-American podcast on the planet. Pro-MAGA, pro-Trump, pro-conservative. Come join the resistance. Fight for what really matters in America. 5 p.m. Central on UJHLive.com, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Megabook.com. Come join the resistance and fight for America. Unleashed Jeremy Hansen. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Superman homepage.com. PSN Radio. Realism Radio for the masses. Thank you. 
seems to notice what a fool I've been And it's just starting to make some sense When the one that makes a difference Comes back in your life The one that makes a difference You don't know why Welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head, and that that you're listening to is uh, One That Makes the Difference. That's from my good friend Jesse Randolph, singer, a beautiful tune, and a a song that hits the heart every time I listen to it. And you know what also hits the heart every time you guys hit the subscribe button? So please, before I go any further, you know the drill. Hit the subscribe button, the like, all that good stuff, so we make relevance here on the world of social media, because it's very important to do that. If not, what the heck are we doing this for? And I just wanted to let everybody know that if you have any questions uh, for my guests coming up here in a few, which is uh, already they're looking at me all weird, like, you know, come on, let's get on with the show there, guy. Uh, Mr. Mark Fiorentino, if you have any questions for him, by all means, we're going to take your questions right on our chat, on Skype chat. Go to PSN. Dash TV, you could get the uh, link there for the Skype chat. You could always go to my website, angelospino.com, and find the link there if you're listening right now. Go ahead and uh, check that out. Click it. You'll be taken right over there, and you'll be able to chat with us. And the uh, gentleman who's on with me right now is the author of this amazing book, Master of Reality. And this is uh, a book that I highly recommend for anybody who's into science and who's into like uh, probably expanding the horizon a little bit when it comes to not just the science aspect of reality, but probably uh, a little bit more into like the spiritual realm also. And uh, for me personally, I'm a very spiritual person, as Mark is aware of. Uh, we we spoken before, being the uh, the gentleman here, and uh, he knows a little bit of uh, what I've gone through in my life, and uh, he knows that my spiritual path is my own. I'm not a very religious person, but I love. You know the uh, the uh, the the topic of afterlife. I love spirituality. I love hitting on these topics because I think it all is combined with science. And one thing that always got me as a kid was Einstein's uh, theory of relativity. To me, that is the most important one of the most important equations in all of science. And when I started reading this book and I saw the way he put things together, uh, you know, it really just boggled my mind why more people weren't on board talking about this or discovering this as a, the possibility of what reality really is and it's taken this long for somebody to kind of like get in there and really crack the code like mark has uh but mark welcome sir thank you for coming back on the show and being a part of this uh podcast here and thank you again for this awesome book because it really is something that that again i recommend everybody pick up well i'm glad you enjoyed it. thank you for having me on the show uh, I wrote the book for the layman. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I want people to know that because I think a lot of people get 
frightened away from the book because it's got some physics in it. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. A little bit. You know, it's got a lot of metaphysics, a lot of philosophy, but surely at its core, you know, I discuss things about the unified field theory and the solution, which I have been working on diligently here in my home office, getting ready to release some papers for physicists to uh, to go over and review and in go into journals. I have to complete that task before I move forward to my next book that's going to start as soon as I finish. That's, uh, you know, that was a question that you, uh, the, you, you hit a little early there for me because I was going to ask you about it, the uh, follow-up book and how long, uh, you know, we have to wait for that to come out and what can we get expect on that. But let's, let's talk about Master of Reality here real quick before we get to that. Uh, because I love this book, let me tell you. Uh, I love the fact that you, uh, went in and, you know, I told you last time that I was going to, you know, have you back on as soon as, like, I went through the thing. Cause it is quite a read and it's a big book, even for the layman's, uh, you know, like, I'm gonna be honest. That's a big boy. That's a big boy <laughs> book right there. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, again, I it, back about thirty or forty thousand words. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure that brilliant mind of yours had just a, a lot to put down, uh, and uh, it, you could definitely tell. And uh, again, it is easy to read, which is something that I found really cool and you know about it because when you start reading a lot of books, it's you know especially when it deals with like science and metaphysics or paranormal, um, they, they do get boggled down in like fancy words or. Uh, words that normally people don't use, you know, on their daily life. And it just starts to, like, confuse people. But this is really written. So even if you're not a practitioner of, like, Einstein's theory of relativity, you're not somebody who's heavily into science, you could still follow the narrative of what you're talking about and really pick up on the construct of what reality is, which I found really fascinating that you were able to do that. And, uh, you know, I've actually passed the book along to a couple of folks that are friends of mine loaned it to them, they've read it, and these are people that weren't interested in science in that way before, and they've, you know, followed back, and they're like, this is a good book, you know, I should have paid attention in school when I was taking science, and I'm like, see, dummy, (laughs) I mean, science, it's really, and I'm pretty sure you'll, you know, agree with this, it's the most important aspect of how we can connect not only with our spiritual side, but with the uh, the answers that uh, seem you know fantastical for us to ask, like who is God? I think Einstein's uh, you know idea of like wanting to read the mind of God was so brilliant, uh, and the fact that you also are on that path, and that's an idea that you know you're not technically saying okay I'm gonna get God I'm gonna like dissect his brain, but it's just the idea of the way the universe is constructed. That gives you the idea of what God, you know, was thinking, and that's such a brilliant way of looking at this. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, what, what Einstein said was, "I want to know how God created this world. I am not interested in this or that phenomena, in the spectrum of this or that element. I want to know his thoughts. The rest are mm-hmm. details." Correct. And that very much inspired me. In many ways, because I also agree that God designed this world, this universe. And there is ample evidence from NDE people in the thousands, mm-hmm. many of them. Uh, you know, I have some examples on my website clearly state from God. He describes it. And I, and I can tell you. So I believe in an intelligent design. And so 
on my website I have a, a, a video can, a link that connects to Father Rick Wendell, and he says this, that God told him this. And if you can't believe a, f- a priest, uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's up and up. All of this three-dimensional world is within God. There is nothing outside of God. Everything within this physical universe has to correspond to laws, and God set those laws. They are immutable as God is immutable. None of this, what we see and experience, is an accident. Mm-hmm. It is intentioned by God. I, I have to say, Mark, I agree 100% right there because, yeah. I, and I, I kind of, and it's funny because I got into that discussion with a guest I had on a few weeks back and we kind of got a little bit at odds because I, I, I said, listen, nothing that happens happens by chance. It's all, I, I believe, predetermined. Uh, and this is where we could even go into like the multi-universe kind of angle. Uh, every action has an equal reaction. And the determined of that action is what constructed the universe. That's God. We're living the idea that he had. Well, let me, yeah, let me, let's talk about that. Because you, there's a, a thing going on with pre- predetermination or, or uh, fate. Mm-hmm. But there's also free will. So what what happens is, is, as I understand it from the many NDEs that I've read and, and what I've kind of come to uh, a conclusion for myself is that we come down, everyone, 8 billion people come down to this world with a plan, plan that was given to you before you were born. So obviously there's reincarnation here in, in, involved. So people are incarnating again and again to have different experiences, and, and they take those experiences back with them. That's their, God gives them the gift of life. What we bring back, what we take back to, to him is what we do with that life, our experiences. So it's important to realize that we have free will and choice. It's up to us to, to fulfill our first best destiny and to remember what we promised to do before we got here and so so it's two things at once it's there's a plan so there's some sort of predetermination but there's free will and choice so it's not locked in you got leeway you got you know opportunity to to succeed or fail all right you have a better chance if you know if, if you know what you came to do and you just accept that you want to be part of that plan and to make that plan succeed. It's better to be on God's team than to be on the other side. So, you know, I'm basically saying at this point, I'm freely admitting I'm on God's team. And I so you're, my you're, you're team G-O-D. You're team God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have a sports analogy. I mean, I'm on that team. <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy to be on that team because I'm, I'm trying to do good work by bringing out this very important technical information so that we can evolve if you do this with you know god and a spiritual uh connection uh everybody's going to win there's not going to be any losers in this Mm -hmm. in this battle here that we have if we can all get on the same side of goodness and righteousness and uh, it's it's just that simple but we got to get to the point where we understand and we realize there really is a God. There really is a Jesus, a Buddha, uh, Mohammed. Uh, these are all religions, different roads to God. God wants us to have 
to do is to love each other. So it's just that simple. It's all about. I, love. I mean, do you so, think these these people that have come in the past, like like you mentioned, Jesus, Muhammad, uh, the Buddha, uh, you know, these are all avatars that are they come, I think, to this earth with with a higher message. Uh, and um, do you think that they're uh, the same soul that is coming over and over again, or do you think these are individual souls that are like heaven's guardians and yeah, God's I army? Think they, as far as I've been able to determine, yeah, they're individuals. Now, on one NDE, uh, the person was talking to Jesus, uh, Howard Storm, I think was his name. Storm? And, okay. Yeah, he was a very famous NDE. He's all over the Internet. Um, and he had a great uh, lengthy talk with Jesus about uh, this subject. And basically, Jesus told him, I've been to every planet, mm. everywhere. You know, there's, there's almost like an, an infinite amount or whatever. Certainly in this universe, he's been and he showed him all the different species that he was. So that's kind of Jesus is like the number two in command, I guess. You just simplify it. <laughs> well, and, it's and the father, the son. I mean, that's the hierarchy, yeah. the father and the son. Yeah, yeah the, the, and the Trinity and, and all right. that, which I'm still wondering, you know, I'm trying to figure that out. I, <laughs> I try to read a lot about it, but the Holy Ghost. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I can't figure out what, what the Holy Ghost is all about because I mean we're all ghosts when we pass. So, which one was of the these Holy days, one? <laughs> I'm going to get it. If I keep reading about it, you know, somebody will explain it in a way that it just suddenly makes sense, and that's what I, you know, I kind of did with, with, you know, studying physics and stuff. I just keep reading about Einstein over and Here, over again. Here's an idea that you might want to chew in on uh, the Holy Ghost idea. Just it, it, it always hits me that possibly. Uh, you know, going back in history and in, uh, in our historical records, you know, we've, we've had issues giving women credit in our societies. And what if the Holy Ghost is the representation of the Mother God that joined the Father God? I mean, and, and that, you know, for whatever reason, mankind didn't want to say, well, the Mama God, you know, is as important as the Daddy God. And, you know, because ignorance of men, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, that, that I think it's possible. I, I mean, when I look at stuff, for example, as uh man in their, in their wisdom has, uh, completely excluded women for a long time on this planet. Uh, and now of course, you know, we're having the, the backlash because there's a lot of women who are upset and they want their, their moment in the sun and God bless them. They deserve it. Uh, but even like the Freemasons, for example, when they designed the Statue of Liberty, People don't even know like what the the idea was behind that. The idea behind that it was designing the woman that was supposedly Mary Magdalene in the Bible, and uh, that was done by a Freemason. That was the whole purpose of uh, of that. Which of course Mary Magdalene in the Bible is you know uh, with Jesus, and they exclude her story a little bit in the Bible uh, for whatever you know odd reason. But there's a lot of stories in the Bible which over the years have been excluded and, and kind of like looked over and stuff by men. And it's a shame because the original, I think, texture of what, you know, was written is really important because it is, it is, I don't think it's so much the word of God for per se, but it is a story of how, you know, everything was created by the being that I think we look at as our creator and written by people that had, you know, the knowledge to get the inside info, like maybe like, uh, you know, modern day scientists like yourself back then would have been, you know, the uh, scientists of those days who were looking into these kind of things. 
Well, the, the problem with religion in this world is in the, the improper interpretation. That's yes. where we've gone wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. God doesn't want us arguing about which is the best religion. They're like different roads all leading to the same place. He wants us to have a personal relationship. And if you, ha you know, if you want to be a Buddhist and do it, you want to be a Christian, you, you know, it's okay as long as you, you know, you, it should be based and centered in love. Mm -hmm. If the if you're getting a religious text or, or teachings that are telling you to kill the people who don't believe in your religion or punish them or whatever, that's not of God. You know, Correct. we're supposed to be uniting and joining and caring for each other. You know, this is not advanced mathematics or rocket <laughs> science. This is simple, common sense stuff that we know deep in our heart. Mm -hmm. But we just can't act on it because we've been so thoroughly uh, misinformed about, you know, religion and God. It, it's sad, too, because I think, it, you know, that's part of the ignorance of man where we all want to have, like, our religion, you know, and that's something that's happened over the you know, over the last several centuries, really, where there's been so many different religions that have popped out of nowhere uh, because everybody thinks their God's better than the other God. But at the end of the day, Mark, we're all talking about the same creator. Yes. And that's the most important thing it's we all need to get on that page. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the page we all need to get in on, on if, that. If I've learned something from reading about all these NDEs and listening to all these NDEs, there's only one, you know, and yeah. they call them on the other side. They call them the one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and let me uh, touch on this because I know we're going to get into NDEs because I love, you know, the the topic of near-death experience and, and near-death, uh, you know, uh People that have had this experience, by the way, I've always found to be very credible because of the common themes. And I'm going to share one with you that, uh, that in a second. But uh, in the alien UFO field, and this is now a little bit more of what I'm known for, the ufology aspect of the show. Uh, you know, I've dealt with uh, a lot of folks who have been abducted. And one theme is when they mention Jesus or God the abduction suddenly stops. Now, to me, that's always been very intriguing because I've had it, I've had about dozen, uh, maybe a dozen or two different interviews over the course of 10 years now, Mark, where I've asked uh, the question to the guest, have you mentioned, you know, did you mention Jesus? And, uh, you know, some of them don't, and they say, no, it never crossed my mind, and they were went through an abduction scenario. Those who said that they have, I ask them what happens afterwards. And every single time they come back with, well, it, it almost all just ended. Almost like immediately, especially when I started talking about Jesus. It's almost like it, there's something else going on where even the aliens that might be abducting people know that these are special people that can influence them on an afterlife basis. Which again goes back to like the whole spiritual, uh, you know, aspect of reality, and maybe the beings that are coming down that are you know abducting people, are you know also a part of the spiritual realm that we all need to you know actually have our eyes open to because we're all brothers and sisters in the cosmos. I do yes. believe that, and even the Vatican uh, has said so, right? I mean, I yeah, I don't know that yeah. you know they're they they are interested in science and they're they have. They're consulted and they're, you know, they try to stay up on things. I do know that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's like 
Einstein said, he said, science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind. And so to not be blind, they're mm. kind of keeping in touch. And, and that's, I, I agree with that statement. I think that's exactly true. And, you know, religion and science need to come back together again uh, because all of science comes from a spirit realm, mm -hmm. like it or not. It's just the way it is. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of resistance there because of a belief in quantum mechanics and the random, the pseudo randomness of the universe. And there's a lot of uh, belief in things like space is empty, a void, you know, no, there's a real objective reality, and this objective reality was created by a supreme being. And until you get that, you don't really make the good connections, and you don't come to a great understanding because you're running around blindly in the dark, yeah. you know, insisting there's no creator. When you want to leave the creator out of the creation. <laughs> if you're not going to get the right answer. You're going to, yeah. if you try to, you know, come up with things just pop out of nothingness, which is kind of uh, something that well, happens a lot when you talk to quantum mechanics people. Yeah, uh, that's the big, the, the big bang where there's like, oh, there is nothing, and then boom, everything. Uh, which uh, you know, if you uh, look at it, uh, that's almost as uh, absurd as uh, as the you know Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, you know, there has to be something. I, I think that, you know, reality has always been there. Uh, but I think the, the God being is the one that really sparked the rest of the universe. And I, and I do think that the narrative of, uh, you know, that he created the heavens and the earth and he created all, you know, space and time and everything like that, I think is uh, all in God spoke and everything became. And I think we're all riding God's wave. I call that in the book the power through the power of intention. That's mm. the same thing. What yeah. you're saying, he intended it and it became so. And all of this is him, just like Father Rick Wendell said, and and others as well. When mm -hmm. the the question comes up on the other side and they're talking to guys, you know, in that couple of chapters in my book, I talk about the one lady who. Um, had that near-death experience and saw the pattern, which I call the signature of God. And um, he basically was telling her, this is how I did it, and it matched my theory. So I was very excited when he, when this lady was, you know, I was reading her book, Lynn Claire Dennis, and, and said, wow, he's basically coming and saying that pattern, that trefoil pattern, which is this thing right here. Uh, you'll see it in a second. That thing is what's going okay. on inside of the atom, inside of the neutron and the proton. The quarks are moving like this. So they, she saw a trefoil pattern. It's slightly different design than this. It's because it looks like it's spinning and right, right. And um, which it is. It's not just stationary in, in that that it makes this knot and it's precessing wildly and it's going at 0.9995% the speed of light, those three quarks as I wow. worked out in my math that I just completed, I had to write a program to test my model and the equations in my book 
I had to, you know, beef them up with some additional equations and conversions and such. And I was able to predict the mass of the neutron and the proton. That's it, never it, been done. Is it just me or the neutrons, protons, and atoms they kind of look like mini-universes in themselves? Well, they're, when you see this trefoil pattern, and it's spinning and rolling, so it's precessing wildly, the end result of that is a spinning sphere. Right. And that's the final geometry, and you can certainly use an approximation uh, to calculate how the mass is obtained by that effort, that activity. Mm-hmm. So, like, in my in my book, I clearly state that gravity and mass, mass, the rest mass, there's no really no, no such thing as rest mass because mm-hmm. those particles are not at rest. I don't care if the neutron is stationary. The things inside of it are not. Right. And they're moving relative to the ether, the, the space itself. And they're moving rapidly. And when they do that, Basically, you have this situation. Gravity is caused by the accelerated motion of fundamental unbalanced charges. When charges move in this way, they cause the space in and around the particle to contract. Gravity is a contraction of the spatial medium. It's just that simple. And how we missed it for all these years boggles my mind because Einstein pretty much laid it out for us but we kind of chose to ignore what his model. Mm. Do you think it's because of the time where you know that he lived in that uh, it was just so out there that even the smartest minds of that time just couldn't you know agree with it or even wrap well, their mind around what he was talking about? There was a great debate, and I guess he lost that debate between <laughs> Niels Bohr yeah. and Heisenberg and him. Uh, they kind of ganged up on him. And uh, every time he threw something at them to try to, to convince them, they'd wiggle their way out of it. And sometimes the arguments really weren't that good. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. That's the way it is. Oh, really? <laughs> Quantum mechanics doesn't make sense. And we're just going to accept that's the way it is. It works. You know, the math works, whatever. Mm. Uh, and it does in certain situations. But it's, it can't really predict a specific event. So it's, now, it's it's not really right. <laughs> well, with now that we've you know gone and we we have the uh, hexon collider, we've been able to you know do more and more scientific experiments as technology has gotten better. Um, uh, you know, how much of uh, what Einstein wrote down do you think is going to eventually get used in practical uh, you know actual technologies going forward? Because a lot of it is still theoretical, and uh, it. You know, unfortunately, you know, we're still kind of stuck. And I have a question here in our, our Facebook chat uh, that deals with with warp speed uh, because that's, a, a you know, a theory which I, I'm absolutely, you know, like head over heels for. Uh, the theory of possibly, possibly uh, obtaining warp speed, which, of course, would be bending time and space so you could uh, overcome the, the, the barrier of light speed and you know, instantly be in one point to another. Uh, I mean, that is fascinating. It's very Star Trek-ish, to be for sure. Uh, but science is getting more and more into the realm that it, you know, it mathematically is making more sense. Do you think we're going to actually achieve something like that? I mean, it's a great question in chat here. Yeah. Uh, I, I 
achieve it in the book, actually. I, what I do is um, I used nature's example. And uh, this is the realm we're going to talk about now. It's not quite something Einstein ever got to. Uh, mm. uh, but he was working in this. You have to understand how the cause of particle motion. The cause of particle motion leads to the theory of everything. Once you understand how that works, then you know how to break the light speed barrier. Because particle motion, how does a photon move by itself autonomously with no rocket behind it? Mm -hmm. How does it manage to go at the speed of light through 8 billion years of space travel and never slow down? <laughs> That's quite a trick, because if we wanted to build a rocket to go that fast, it would take all the energy of the universe to propel it to the speed of light. But yet the, the photon does it effortlessly. So you know, it, analyzing that, I, I realized that I had to discover how particles move, the cause of particle motion, which is what I, when I discovered it, I call it the slip wave. And... Um, that's the way you, you 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 model that and you're building your spaceship so that you can use the same technique particles use to move and to gotcha. be propelled. And, and so that's what the, the listener wants to know. Not only once you do that, when I discovered the cause of particle motion, which is basically the slip wave, which is basically an, a structural thing having to do with the particle being a twist of space that I can show you looks like this. Let's take a look at the electron. Okay, I see it. You see how it's real pointy and it's twisted? It's twisting and then getting expanding as it gets yep. larger at the other end? Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. That's its structure. And that twisted structure, which is what they thought about back in the days of Maxwell, there were all kinds of scientists working on the vortex model, which I thought was ridiculous. I ignored it for a long time, but then I, you know, I realized that, hey, that really makes sense because there's only so many ways you can twist or deform space clockwise, counterclockwise, and it just so happens that charges, electrons and, and uh, positrons, they have Twit, they're twist, they're spinning, <laughs> they're clockwise and counterclockwise. So it's basically matching up with what I'm saying. Uh, we have evidence, you know. Clearly, if you go on the internet, you could see charges described: the negative charge and positive charge is a clockwise and counterclockwise rotation. So what's rotating? Space itself. So right. if you want to build a starship, you have to rotate the space around the ship. You have to cause it to spin. Why? Spinning and rotating space stretches space. If you stretch space, then you change things called the properties of space. Two in particular, permittivity and permeability, which is what Maxwell discovered. And he discovered that determines the speed of light. So if you can change those, if you can bias that space using which field? A magnetic field, which, mm -hmm. by the way, it seems to be around every spaceship that they've ever measured, you know, with <laughs> yes. magnometers and whatever that the Air Force has looked at. And I can mm -hmm. tell you story after story after story where physicists have taken pictures and so forth, and they see it's the light coming from the 
UFO is polarized, which means there's a very intense magnetic field around it. Mm -hmm. Clearly, they discovered that magnetism is the force that we can use to stretch space to reduce permittivity and permeability. And if you go by the Maxwell equation, which determines the speed of light, C equals 1 over the square root of permittivity times permeability. If you reduce those values, you can go any speed you want way past the speed of light. So that's the key. That's the trick to breaking the light speed barrier. You have to surround your starship with a very intense gradient magnetic field. So why I'm saying gradient, I'm saying that that little, this shape here, Mm -hmm. the magnetic field is strong here, but as you go toward the back, you increase it. So you have rings, uh, conductive current rings of electricity uh, that are forming the magnetic field as you go toward the back. Each one of them conducts more electricity, more power, more current, stronger magnetic field, so you create a pushing motion in that direction as the space bends outward, Right. what I call the inverse hyperbolic field. So when you do that, you get propulsion and anti-gravity, plus you get to break the light speed barrier, everything you need to travel to other stars. Without that whole combination, you can't do it. Just mm. anti-gravity isn't enough. you got to pro- use it to propel your spacecraft, which you can do when you configure it right. So if you use the slipwave spatial bias drive, that's how. That's the way to break the light speed barrier, have hovercraft, go to other stars in not days or weeks or years, but Almost in minutes. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, because I've been a proponent of uh, magnetism for a long time also, by the way. I have a a friend of mine who is a magician, and uh, they use magnets for a lot of their acts. A lot of the tricks are based on on magnetism. And, you know, part of what I believe really in the universe that attracts everything is magnetism. Uh, Even gravity is caused by magnetism. That's my belief, and that's, you know, one of the main forces which we're still trying to achieve the, like you said, anti-gravity. And it's, it, I believe what you're saying is absolutely correct because it involves magnetism, uh, the way that you're describing it. And that's exactly on the page where I've been at for a long time. And I, it's funny because now we're, we are actually, like you said, we're starting to see more and more science being paid, you know, or attention being paid towards that science. And, uh, it, but it's taking a long time for it to go mainstream. Why is that? Well, to be honest, I I think the U.S. government knows about everything I just said, everything Mm. in the book. Uh, If they've reversed engineered these spacecraft and they know they're using, you know, intense magnetic fields, uh, then they've, and they, assuming that in some cases they have cooperated with, you know, other alien species out there, extraterrestrials. And they probably told them, this is this is how it works. This is what you have to do. So it's going to be in the same thing as they've discovered the unified field theory. So they've discovered not only how gravity works, but they once you learn how gravity works, once I figured that out, then I went to anti-gravity because I learned that gravity is a contraction of space. 
So in order to create anti-gravity, I have to do something or we have to do something that creates an expansion of space. Mm. And I think most physicists would agree with that. You got, you know, space expanding is uh, going to create a push and uh, a propulsion method through space. And um, <laughs> electromagnetism can create gravity. Mm-hmm. When uh, those particles move in a uniform circular motion, that's accelerated motion. That's what's needed for gravity, for mass. And if you want to feel inertia, you right. accelerate. Whenever you accelerate, you feel inertia. You get pulled back. They're all caused by the same thing. Those things cause a contraction of space. And that contraction is what we call gravity and mass and the you know moment of inertia. So... If you want to make anti-gravity, you got to cause a contraction of space. So you've got to use a particle. And mm-hmm. what particle are we going to use? An electromagnetic particle, but we make it move differently. We make it move through wires. And in so doing, it's not circling anymore. It's pretty much going a straight path through the wire. And so it makes a really strong magnetic field and not so strong gravitational field. It overpowers the gravitational effect. By making it go in, you know, basically a linear motion within the wire, and it creates an intense magnetic field, and that's that's just how it works, and it's all described thoroughly in my book, and it will be described very thoroughly in the paper I'm going to release. Mm. There will be no doubt, and it may make so much sense. It's going to be hard to deny. You, you got to really want and not believe it to <laughs> to not accept it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to go into realms where you just don't make sense in order to argue against it. <laughs> well, for for a lot of folks out there, uh, a lot of this is, uh, you know, above their heads. Uh, some people out there might be saying, what is he talking about? But it makes sense. Uh, now I'm going to go back to a movie here, which uh, was a great reference for this kind of science, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Uh, how is uh, anti-gravity achieved there? The, the rotating, uh, remember the spherical uh, object that they rotate? Yeah, they created artificial gravity inside Correct. of it. Correct. Yeah, they've been yeah. talking about that yeah. for years because that's Einstein linked. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just pulling this stuff out of a, the air. Yeah. Einstein, yeah. <laughs> 90% of what I got comes from him. He yeah. linked, he, he made the equivalence principle. What's that? The equivalence mm-hmm. principle basically says there's some that acceleration and gravity are basically the same thing. Yep. But what he didn't know in his time is the mechanics underlying that. How mm. does accelerating things make gravity appear? What I just described to you, I said, acceleration causes the particle or the object that's accelerating to cause a contraction in and around those particles as they accelerate. That contraction then kind of causes the uh, uh, inertia effect where you, mm-hmm. it resists increased motion. That goes all yep. the way back to Newton. Yeah. So it's ex- yeah. my model is explaining inertia, explaining the gravitational field. When you create the gravitational field, you're basically contracting all the space toward the, the spherical source. Mm-hmm. And, and so the space really kind of becomes thicker and denser yeah. in a way. And and that's backed up when you shoot a light beam through a gravitational field. Yes. It slows down. Yeah. It yeah. slows down. 
Why? Because it's going through more stuff. And you see that in nature when you shoot a light beam through the air, it slows down. When you mm-hmm. shoot that light beam in a thicker medium in water, it slows down even more and refracts. It bends. When you shoot it through glass, it bends and slows down even more. Correct. Nature is yeah. screaming at us to look at this and understand light is being, the speed of light is being affected by the medium it goes through. Space is just another medium. And and this is where we could actually get into things like uh, black holes, for example, and how they uh, just by nature itself uh, bend light in space and, I mean, whatever else that goes on in a black hole. I mean, that's nature doing it for you, kind of like showing you a, a roadmap. Well... In my book, I get in the black holes, a lot of chapters, because they're fascinating and they play a very important role in the creation of the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big cosmic egg is in reality a gigantic black hole that's hundreds and thousands, hundreds of thousands of light years across. Uh, it had all the matter and energy in it at the beginning of the Big Bang in the form of neutrons. Mm-hmm. And the that the neutron behavior is what got me into realizing that neutrons were the perfect design, intelligent design solution to the creation of the universe. It does certain things that I that made me very suspicious about it. I said, "Whoa, this really smells of an intelligent design because the neutron does things differently than the proton. For instance, and since I realize that, if you accept and assume an intelligent design, then you go and you start asking, well, why did he design it like that? What's the purpose? And what am I talking about? I'm talking about something very subtle that the neutron does that the proton doesn't do. If you isolate a neutron in space by itself, it will decay into a proton and an electron within 15 minutes. Yes, scientists right, yeah. really don't know why that, that that happens. It's a mystery, and mm-hmm. I says this is no accident. This needs to happen. Why? And so I went all the way back and I says, well, what if the Big Bang was nothing but neutrons? So that means that the thing that banged <laughs> was mm-hmm. made of solid neutronium. So, uh, and then I saw that when stars exploded. Uh, they leave behind neutron stars or black holes. So then I said, oh, wait a minute. That explosion didn't cause the, those neutron stars in the cores of the stars. They were already there. That's what created the stars in the first place. Rapidly spinning neutronium spheres that came from the Big Bang captured the hydrogen gas and caused it to compress compressed to the point where fusion started. So the behavior of the neutron is so intelligently designed and it plays a perfect role in rebirthing the universe because when that Big Bang happens, and I describe it in the cause in the book, when that happens, lots of neutron gas comes out along with many neutron spheres. And these things are the seeds of the universe. The neutron spheres of all different sizes gather hydrogen gas. Where does the hydrogen gas come from? And within 15 minutes, 
all of that neutronium gas that came out of there converts to a proton and an electron, which is mm-hmm. hydrogen. Just what you need to kickstart another universe. It's the only sensible Big Bang theory that i found that's out there. All the hydrogen gas came from the decaying neutrons, which quickly happened within 15 minutes. Not how, how, hard does, how hard does it have to be to... Uh... To start another universe, it's talking about like what a trillion trillion degrees or like how? Yeah, it, it, the core is in the trillions of degrees. Yeah, uh, as, has as to be. It, and it has to be triggered by mm-hmm. a massive black hole that crushes the neutrons so closely they mm-hmm. begin to interfere with each other. Uh, that that trefoil pattern I showed you gets disrupted, and then the gravitational field starts to break down. When that happens, it's an avalanche effect in the core yeah. of the of the, the cos- cosmic egg, the black hole. Then it blows out from the center, this massive heat ball that just disrupts all of that. You know, the photons and everything that are coming out of there are blasting away at, from the inside out until it disrupts the entire cosmic egg and a new universe is born and it just repeats. It blows and then it, the universe cools, expands, and contracts everything back in again. And there's plenty of evidence that's exactly what's happening now. Our universe mm. isn't really expanding. It's contracting. Mm, and that's interesting. Yeah. In the book, I go into details. Yeah. And I say, hey, these astronomers are, are, are pissed off because nobody's listening to them. Uh, we're in the end stage of this universe already. It's... The Earth and mm-hmm. and the Milky Way and Andromeda, all the galaxies are in our area, several hundred. They're all moving towards something. They're accelerating, all right? Right. Not away from each other, either. We're all, hey, going together towards something called the Great Attractor. Mm. Astronomers know about it. That thing is massive. It is big and it's black and nobody knows what's there. Mm. But, you know. What, come on, what could it be? <laughs> well, they, they they like to scare us by saying that we're going so far apart that one day we're just going to be looking up in the skies and not be able to see anything but darkness. No, you know, no stars, uh, no ability to see other uh, galaxies because they're going to be so far out of reach that light will not get to us. Uh, that's a sad future. Uh, but again, uh, I don't think that that is a possible future with uh, so much activity in space. Um, that, that I, model is that model is incorrect. Yeah, that, and, to me, it never made any sense. Yeah, you know the, the the Hubble and the guys that made those early measurements, they made a very select amount. They had this concept that the further you go from us, uh, the more these galaxies were accelerating. That they mm-hmm. they sampled and found and kind of cherry picked. Uh, that's a nice way. That's a nice way of saying it. By the way, it's a very play way of yeah, saying it. Yeah, they're accelerating, yeah. all right, but they didn't look at the bigger picture. Yeah. Acceleration, in this sense, you have to use a, a physical force that's there. There is no expansion force, dark energy. They've never discovered it. It's theorized, mm-hmm. but the acceleration has to be caused by something that's known. And what causes acceleration? Gravity. What's really happening is these distant galaxies are traveling in groups, and it's in my book from astronomers. These galaxies are traveling towards something. They're being pulled 
accelerated as they fall toward these things. These are other titan-sized black holes spread out all over the universe. That's what's causing the acceleration. And they're all going in groups. So if you look at the groups of them, they're not expanding away from each other. They're all going in this direction. And there's another group in this other part of the, the galaxy all going in that direction. <laughs> they're all yeah. going toward supersized Black, black holes. holes. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It's like they're being like rotated and, you know, as gravity uh, goes in and gets into the black hole and the black hole like regurgitates and throws it back out. Uh, you know, they're constantly creating new, uh, galaxies and, 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 uh, new, uh, you know, new possibilities of life. Now, uh, a lot of people are, are going to say, well, see that angel right there, that is the proof there is no God. Because it's just constant science doing what it's doing, and I, I've you know I've had to like overcome this argument for a long time, uh, Mark. Because again, people fail to understand that because you have science does not mean that God was not involved at some point in the process, and that is the beginning of everything. Now, will he be there at the end of everything? That's the question. <laughs> God was that God created those laws, like I said yeah. before. God created the science that we use today that we're studying and trying to learn and understand. Uh, it's just, you can either believe it or not. You can either yeah. believe the evidence from all these people uh, that have had NDEs. You can either mm -hmm. believe the evidence of how everything just seems to work perfectly. The, the uh, what do you call it? The Goldilocks enigma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, tremendous amounts of evidence if you decide to interpret it properly and accept it then you'll understand of course there is a god and and we should stop being in denial of that uh it's not in our best interest it's not in anybody's best interest to keep our heads stuck in the sand on this we've got to culturally get beyond this non-belief for whatever reasons that we have and, and try to get to understanding the creator who's created all the universe, including us, everybody. You know, um, in the last uh, few hours, I discovered uh, the passing of my friend's uh, mother-in-law and, um, and my friend, well, my mother, friend's mom, of, of course, my two friends uh, who, are mar who are married and uh, the mother uh, passed away, Elena, and I uh, talked about it earlier on the show. And, uh, you know, she passed away of cancer. I lost my mother of, in cancer, uh, in mm -hmm. 2016 also. And, you know, this is the reality that we live on this earth where we have illnesses of viruses and, and whatnot. Uh, but I've always been a believer in spirituality because I've had myself, uh, witnessed paranormal activity. Right. Um, I think I've mentioned to you the house I used to live in. Uh, when we first moved to Florida, I'm not sure if I, if I mentioned that story to you before, but I lived in a home here in Florida when I was a kid that was haunted. I mean, by all accounts, I mean, we saw things move, TVs were turned mm -hmm. on and off by themselves, we heard voices, we saw, I mean, you know, little shadows across the wall just moving on their own, all kinds of activity at the house to the point that a few months later we moved out because we were freaked out by what was going on. Right. Now... When my mother passed in 2016, my father literally saw her spirit lift off of her body and walk away from the hospital bed. Wow. 
And uh, the reason I say that is because my father is not a very uh, religious person or very spiritual. And he, while he believes in God, don't get me wrong, uh, mm-hmm. he's just not a person who went to church a lot or, you know, was a practitioner of one religion. But he is very serious and he looked at me and, and he's not like a hokey, jokey uh, type of, you know, story creator type of guy just to mess with you. Uh, especially dealing with my mother, right? And my father was in the room when she passed, and he told me, son, I literally just saw your mother's spirit lift out of her body and walk out of the hospital bed. She looked at me, looked at you, and walked away and disappeared. And this is the the point of view of what he was able to see. And that brought a lot of uh, comfort to me, knowing that there is that extra, you know, passage that we go through after we leave this earth. And, uh, and my dad, you know, that changed him. That was only in 2016. That changed him, you know, profusely. Now losing, uh, my, you know, my friends losing their loved one, their mom also to the same terrible disease. Uh, my only solace to them is the same one that I got, that there is more, uh, to this existence that we're living in right now. And the afterlife that we, we get to, to live is a, a thankful, uh, you know, a, a gift for having experienced this life. Uh, I mean, how do you think that we are chosen to come to Earth, for example? Given all the science we just talked about, uh, you know, now we're talking about this planet here in particular. We're talking about God created the heavens and the Earth and everything else. Uh, You know, why do you think that it is that we are, uh, in particular here, uh, at this given moment or any given moment, living the you know this way and god doesn't interfere more and uh you know this is something that i've contemplated and asking you know somebody like yourself you know why is it that we don't see more of god in our everyday life and and do we actually get that you know experience where we just are too blind to not see it well nowadays i will say this versus a hundred years ago it's an enormous upsurge of people becoming mediums, becoming psychics. That's true. I've noticed that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many NDEs there are just in the United States every year? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds. Hundreds of yeah. thousands, 200,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. just in the United States. Yeah. There are millions worldwide, and these are very highly personal experiences. So mm-hmm. the people come back, and then they tell us about their very personal experiences, and you either can believe them or not. Uh, they know it's real. They know it's true. And all they have is being able to tell you with the you know human language what happened to them, what they saw, what they experienced. And you can either accept it or not. I mean, that's what any religious person really does in the end. Mm-hmm. He tells you you need to have faith. You need to believe. You need to. The highest thing you can do is to know. When you know it for sure, that's even higher than faith or belief. You have knowledge. Mm. And, and, and that's what it's all about. And those people who have this personal near-death experience, they have knowledge now that they know for sure there's an afterlife. And that brings them comfort because they know that we are eternal beings. You can't be destroyed, really, spiritually, your soul. And it comes back again and again as long as it, you want. This is a whole 
universal, eternal system of experience that I'm, I'm studying a book now trying to understand. It talks just explicitly <laughs> and completely mm -hmm. about this experience and uh, at, a, at a universal scale. Trying to, you know, because it's not just us that are doing this in this race. Right. It wouldn't be sense. just a. It wouldn't be just a human experience. We're talking about no, the, no, the living experience in general. Yes, you can have other experiences that are not human, mm -hmm. and they're very different. And you can have you can have different spiritual growth from that, being in another type of intelligent being. I don't think the animals come back as humans or anything like that. I think they stay within that realm, as I understand it, from talking to very famous mediums like George Anderson. Um, and he's one of the best that's out there. Um, animals pretty much keep coming back as animals. And, and, and humans can be, uh, you know, other Palladians and Palladians can be humans. And, you know, there's... There's a whole other kind of thing going on where, you know. So it's like a hierarchy, the, like the smarter the species, the those are the ones that could evolve into different smart species. In other words, um, you know, I don't know if there's moving like it's a up and down movement thing. Even if you uh -huh. go to a highly advanced species, they tend to be less emotional, more logical you know and they have a universal belief system the spiritual system as i understand it and uh, it's just a different experience not a better one or worse one it's a different one and so if you need that then you come back as somebody else if you need more you know the earth experience is a, mm -hmm. a lower energy realm here so there's a lot of suffering uh, possibilities there's a lot of uh, possibilities not only to succeed but to fail to feel joy and sorrow and things these are very powerful emotions that uh, come you know you pull back from these experiences when you go back to the other realm and you know they they can give you great advancements and and uh, spiritual advancements and knowledge and and uh, experience that you just can't get on the other side you can't mm -hmm. really suffer there, but you can suffer over here, mm -hmm. and it's not fun. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Let me ask you. Let, let me ask you a little, another question about UFOs here, because you know, right now we're uh, entering uh, the next uh, couple months where we had 180 days that Trump had uh, signed a bill uh, to try to get more information of uh, their the knowledge of UFOs within our government. Uh, do you see? Possibly that we're going to have a disclosure of what the the information these folks know within the next year. Uh, it, it appears that they are preparing to give a disclosure, but who knows? I mean, they've been more open lately than they mm -hmm. ever have before. They're not just yeah. saying they're just not in the denial mode on everything, especially some of these new images and videos that are coming out, uh, the pyramid shaped things uh, flying over the the Navy uh, boats mm -hmm. and such. Um, and they're confirming, yeah, well, that's our stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't know what that is. But so, you know, I have the hope if they do this, then then people, the scientists can get on board with, oh, there are aliens. Oh, there are other beings. We might be able to learn from them. And, oh, by the way, they got here flying in something that doesn't go 
It's not a rocket ship. And uh, we need to find out how to build those commercially for all the people here on Earth so that we can, if we need to, get off this planet in a hurry, mm. we can do it. And um, we won't be safe until we have that technology commercially available so that, you know, millions of people, if there's a catastrophe, then, you know, they can get out of that area or they can get to one of our colonies on another planet or something else goes wrong. I have very deep concerns about the Earth's core. Mm. It seems to me to be very unstable. Mm -hmm. If you look at the geological survey and the, the tech, plate tectonics, this planet is cracked into a lot mm -hmm. of pieces. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. not good. And it's got a tremendous amount of volcanic activity. There's something really powerful going on, probably fusion, inside the Earth's core. And that's mm -hmm. probably how all the, the elements got here. They were made on our own planet. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have concerns. I, you know, I hope that, uh, that they come forward at some point and say, hey, we can give up this thing. Uh, we, we know that China has... UFO technology now, and we have it, and maybe Russia has it. You know, everybody's pretending like they don't have it, but <laughs> they probably do. I know we do. I know mm -hmm. that for sure. But I don't uh, are you familiar know. with the uh, Vimanas at all? Are you familiar with the, the, the term Vimanas? No. Okay, uh, the Vimana is uh, a UFO which um, is in Indian lore. And I'm talking about India, the, you know, the Indians from India, not Indians from Native Americans. Uh, but Indian lore uh, has a, the UFO Vimanas that has been around for hundreds of years. And uh, I'm talking about way before the Wright brothers, right? Uh, yeah. We knew about Vimanas. Uh, and they're in a pyramidal, uh, a pyramid type of shape. Even some uh, look like there's a spiral shape, kind of like the object you showed earlier with its warping space and time, uh, very similar to that. If you look at Vimanas and you look at the pyramids, for example, in that video that, uh, that's, come, that's come out now that the Pentagon saying, yeah, those, those are real uh, whatever they are, they're pyramid-shaped, uh, whether they're alien or not, uh, and you look at the lore of the Vimana, it's almost like, you know, this is part of our ancient past, which is just catching up to our reality now. And I think uh, a lot of that suppression has been because science has been kind of like, you know, tinkering with the idea of how to come forward with it. Because a lot of scientists, uh, and this is, you know, maybe this is just a blue book or whatever they wrote this years ago. But uh, I do think that some scientists back in the day had a, an issue understanding that, we might not be the smartest thing out there, and we have to welcome whatever the, you know the reality of what the cosmos may bring us, because uh, it, it's definitely a place where we're not alone. And the ignorance of men is that we still think we're the uh, the highest in the food chain, but we might not be. Uh, and so we got to be very yeah. careful. We, we got to be yeah. very careful on that end. But we got to be accepting uh, to a lot of the reality that we don't know everything that's going on out there. And again, this book is a must-read for anybody who's into the subject. I mean, I again, I, I tell I tell friends constantly, and they're like, "But it's so many pages." I'm like, "Read it; it's worth it." Now, you have a follow-up, like you said, that, uh, that you're working yeah. on. What can we expect yeah. that and more information on that? I haven't even started it yet, and 
that took me four years to write that book, but I don't think I believe second, you. <laughs> I, I, I don't think the second book is going to take that long because it's a prequel to this book, and it's basically a, a life story that everything that's happened to me spiritually, medium of wise, uh, you know, um, experiences, work experiences, all this stuff that led to the writing of this book. It was a lifetime of experiences and and guidance from, you know, uh, spirit guides and stuff. There's all kinds of stories in there that are amazing that I've kind of mm -hmm. held back a lot of years. I didn't bother to tell my friends or anything up until this point where I'm starting now to talk about it and decided it's my story and I need to get it out there because this book is that I've written here is real. It's important. It's the unified field theory solution, and it tells us how to build anti-gravity craft. Mm -hmm. So I need to get, you know, so the prequel is basically, you know, the story of the big story. And it's an important story to tell. And uh, I don't want to put to a date because I'm a, kind of a slow writer, and I go <laughs> over things over, you know, I, I edited every chapter at least 10 times. That's like 28 chapters. This is 280 times. You did, folks. <laughs> I edited you did. things. And, you uh, know, we got to get creators uh, that are scientists in nature to really read this book more. Uh, like the Elon Musk of the world, for example, who has all these billions and billions of dollars behind what they do, uh, to really dissect the book. Because I think if they do that, their work is going to be a lot easier. And uh, and what they do? Love, yeah, he's a visionary. I, you know, yeah. that's that's what I need to work. Start working with people who are visionaries. Mm -hmm. And I hope uh, before my life is over, I get the chance to work with people who are building the first starships. Because mm -hmm. I could, there's a lot of important pitfalls that they can avoid that I can warn them about. There's a lot of designs that they should consider where there's a you know redundancy. Because you don't want a ship to fail when it's the, the warp system. You mm -hmm. do not want it to fail beyond the speed of light. You don't even want it to fail at the speed of light or right. near it. Well, yeah. But beyond it, 50,000 times beyond it, that would be so incredibly fatal. There would be no recovery if you were at 50,000 times the speed of light and you lost the warp field. Yeah. It would be... Catastrophic. I mean, yeah, you would just yeah. shrink and flatten into a, just a dot, and, mm -hmm. and there would be no life. You would, it would be over. You know, everybody yeah. would just go into the spirit realm. The ship would be hurtling, <laughs> you know, at microscopic size toward a sun or wherever until it hit something. And it'll be all of a sudden they all show up at the heaven's gate and they're like, "What happened?" Like, yeah, it would be instantaneous. The gate so will be open. It'll be like, like a whole crew of like the Starship uh, Enterprise walking in. Like, yeah, it's it's a dangerous <laughs> thing to do traveling beyond the speed of light. Yeah. So you want to really design it robustly so that there is, if there's anything close to a failure happening, you could slow the ship down, and so it can fail. You know, though you lose the warp drive, which mm -hmm. I call a slipwave drive. You lose that, and if you're going at a speed that's very slow, that's not a big deal, but if you're going at beyond the speed of light, it's fatal. So you don't want that to happen, so there's got to be special circuitry built into the system, monitoring systems to monitor the current flow. You, anything funny is happening, you want to be able to kick to another backup system 
and turn it on before the other one fails. And it's just well, it's even going a little beyond the speed of light. Yeah, yeah. No, even going a little further than that, and I'm going to reference another movie here, a couple of movies. Uh, Star Wars, for example, uh, Han Solo has a conversation with Luke about traveling at fast speeds and how, uh, unless you know what you're doing, you can, you know, hit a supernova, travel right into a sun, boom, yeah. end of story. So you have to uh, not only know the science of how to get to warp speed, but don't you also have to map out the universe from point A to point B to know that you have travel that is not going to affect. That's a very good point because yeah. when you're traveling beyond the speed of light, the stars disappear mm-hmm. before you. The light, the Doppler effect, causes the light coming toward you in your ship to compress beyond the vis- visual spectrum, and the light behind you stretches beyond the visual. So all you got is like a little band, a little, a little piece of light around the the ninety degrees from from the motion that you're trying. If you're going this way, you've got a little band around you, you can maybe see some stars or something that are all compressed and rain, rainbow colored. Mm-hmm. The, what, what straight ahead is going to be pitch black. And so you need a, um, a monitoring system that can convert the light from those stars and back to visual so that you'll have a visual screen. It'll be a TV screen where you'll still be able to see the stars and they'll be moving by you just like in Star Trek. But if you don't have that system, you'll be traveling blind. If you look out the window, you won't see. It'll be pitch black. Right. That's not any good. So you got to have that system where the cancels the Doppler effect. They're super high-frequency photons that are going to be hitting you, and you're going to have to stretch out the bandwidth again so you can see them electronically, basically. Mm. And um, hopefully that technology can be made because uh, the compression... It's going to be extraordinary. The Giger, it's going to be in the terahertz mm. or beyond. The- I mean, just to create that alone, I mean, you're talking about something that is almost as difficult as uh, warp speed itself. <laughs> yeah, because you're you're traveling beyond the speed of light. The light particles can only go so fast, and yeah. so they're going to get compressed. Their their frequency is going to be compressed severely. To and I don't know if we have electronics that could handle compression of photons at that. No, not at that level. Not right now. A, you know, I have to talk to physicists about that. Tell them the problem. Tell me, do we have something that can sense those things incoming like that? Because if we don't, we'd be traveling blind or with <laughs> yeah. a mapping system that you hope is is virtually can. You know, saying, "Hey, they were here when we started. We're going this fast, so we're right. calculate." And that's the only other way you can travel, like you said. Yeah, I mean, it, you'd have to have either real time effect, and that's nearly impossible at that speed. Uh, I mean, that, at least you know, my mind can't wrap around how to that invent that. Uh, so you'd have to have some kind of effect, like you're saying, where we know, okay, well, we're going this speed. This object's over here, so by the time we get here, it'll be here. And you have to do the, it's all mathematical at that point. Well, and, and it, the speeds are so great that if there's any error at all... Yeah, you're done. <laughs> your screen report... Is, and when you think you're... When you're moving that fast, there's a good chance that 
a little You'll see it coming. glitch in your system could yeah. put the stars all in the wrong spots. Next thing you know, you're flying through stars. Although yeah. you're moving so fast, you know, you're going to hit that neutronium core. That's going <laughs> to hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I'm wearing uh, this uh, hoodie here that has another reference to a movie, uh, Back to the Future. I don't know if you can see it here. We, uh, yeah, know, yeah. Jumped together. Uh, now, this is one of my favorite uh, films of all time. I love time travel. Um, you know, and I wanted to kind of end with this, uh, you know, for the evening. How much uh, do you think we could achieve that one day we might be able to actually travel in time. And is that in, in any way in God's plan to achieve that? Um, I don't know. Anything that we get into is somehow in God's plan. Uh, Good answer. Anything, Good answer. anything that we get, because <laughs> we're a part of God's plan. All of this is a part of that plan. And so, and I was just reading about that today in this book, Urantia that I'm reading. Oh, and, wow. um, so, but time travel, I'm very much against at this point, against going back in time. I just don't think it's right to mess with the decisions that were made and the people of that time and to, to, to disturb that. And I think it's very dangerous and risky as well. And it could go really badly wrong for mm-hmm. everyone if, you know, the butterfly effect kicks in and somebody doing something changes something and then... Next thing you know, instead of us living here in free in America, Hitler won the war, and, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. the whole world is different. And we won't even know it, except for the few people who are, you know, having Mandela effect uh, glitches <laughs> in their minds. Everybody else will be in a complete dark, think, thinking that's the way it was. It's the way it's always happened. Yep. So I'm, you know, do I believe that we built stargates to do time travel? Yes, I do. And it all started back with the Philadelphia experiment and the mm. Montauk project were the first ones that really delved into the time travel and other dimension travel using magnetic resonant fields, which I don't believe they use anymore. And I talk about the newer technology in my book, mm. which uses metamaterials. And so much more powerful system and you can much more far reaching and you can Definitely go back and forth through time. I'd love to work on that technology, just to, the tuning mechanism, just to see how that all works. Because you open a portal, that's how you, you travel through. Not like the time machine, not like Superman flying around the sun and time <laughs> going backwards. Time doesn't go backwards. Right. The only way time travel works is if all time, all time, eternity going both directions is happening at the same moment. You have to be outside of time. And in reality, that's the way it is, mm. according to God. <laughs> well, well, according to the big guy. Uh, there's, uh, I forget the gentleman's name, the scientist who, uh, has, I think um, he's been working on it for about 10, 15 years. Uh, he's been working on an actual time machine. And his theory is that you could only go back to a certain period in uh, time travel, because you have to literally create the machine that opens the vortex that allows, like, the tunnel. So in the future, whatever entities or humans that are in the future can use that to the core point where the machine is built. But you can't travel beyond that because there's no machine to, like, 
have you show up at that time period. So it's like you're creating like a wormhole in time itself to be able to travel back and forth, which it, it makes a little bit of sense because if you just blindly time travel, like in Back to the Future or the Time Machine, for example, how do you know you're going to get back to an Earth that is here when the Earth is moving constantly in the cosmos? Um, what you're describing to me sounds very much like the Montauk Project and that they collect, they actually claim, or the people who talk about it now, claim that they connected from the Montauk time period in the 1980s, I think, somewhere in there, back to the Philadelphia experiment. So that's kind of like the portal thing that you're talking about. You opened one, and then they connected through the other machine that they built in Montauk Project and connected back and forth. So, yeah, I guess that is a possibility to do it that way, but I think you can go straight shot. Once you open a portal into another time segment, you just walk right through the frame, gate, the, the Stargate frame, mm-hmm. you know, just like they have on the show. And uh, that space is a portal between this time and another time segment. And you walk through, and you're in there. And you don't right. come back unless that portal opens again. Correct. So you can go back through it. So you could be locked there forever if... Uh, in some other we'll, time. We'll call that the Phantom Zone, to get Superman's own reference here. <laughs> yeah. The, the space between space. Actually, the scientist's name uh, that uh, I was referencing, his name is uh, Ronald Millet. Uh, he's a oh, physicist, okay. Ron Millet. Uh, and the way he described it now, the reason he became interested in, in time travel is because he lost his father as a kid, and he oh, wanted to create a time machine to try to visit his father and, and see him again. And so it's something that he worked on for years and years out of love for, you know, the loss of his father. And, uh, it, I mean, it's a beautiful story when you read, you know, or do research on this gentleman and why he got interested in it. But he's a brilliant mind. And he really put it in, in a, a way that made sense that when you build a machine and you, you, know, you, you build in the future uh, whatever machine is there to, core, to correlate and you turn the machine on, It'll stream in that direction, but unfortunately, for Ronald uh, Ronald Millet, he won't be able to visit his father because there was no machine built at that time. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like, you know, it, it gives them a, a way to kind of explain time travel, but sadly enough, it won't benefit him in his ultimate goal of reaching his father, which is very sad in itself but that's a practical way of looking at uh and again i do believe the the montauk and the philadelphia experiment were probably on the same kind of page in building that uh moment in time where two machines are on and you have that effect that are able to uh, bridge the time gap uh but again like you said it's very dangerous to go meddle with time yeah even if you think about something great like killing hitler that'd be great but what if it has a cause and effect, and it's worse than what it was? Yeah, yeah, you, you don't know how. It's Odds are it's going to be a very messy, unpredictable business, and <laughs> you won't know until you do it, and then you come back and see things are terribly wrong yeah. compared to where you were before. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, I, it's, it's really difficult for me I, to, to even think about it because it, creates paradoxes in the mind that are difficult <laughs> to deal with. 
it, it gives uh, you another couple of books to maybe uh, write about, there, uh, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> oh, you could write lots of books about time travel. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, no kidding. Listen, I I know we uh, we're short on time. We got to run here. And I, again, I, I love this book. I cannot wait for the other one to come out. And I, you know, I want to thank you because when I got the book, look at that, folks. Yeah. Signed by the man himself. Look at that, huh? Yeah. Can't the beat that. Stamps. Can't, can't beat that. And I want to thank you so much for, for signing this for me. Uh, you're a true gentleman. And I want everybody, again, to get the book. So please let everybody know how they can follow your work, get the book, and keep up with the next one so they can get the next one also. Okay. Well, I'm at www.super hyphen relativity.com you can there's links to the book there which will take you to amazon or to my website where you can buy a copy uh from my website and i sign it and mail it and, and mail it to you so those are the two places amazon where you could get the hardback or the, the paperback and the kindle version mm-hmm. and from my site you can get the paperback Mark, uh, we have to have you back on soon. I love talking to you, man. You're just a fascinating uh, mind. And, uh, again, everybody, check out the book. Read it. Don't read it once. Read it twice. Yeah. Read it three times. And mm-hmm. I say that because, uh, you know, even for the layman's, uh, there's a lot of information in here, which uh, it's like watching a great movie that you sometimes have to watch a couple times just to get all the information in. That's kind of what this is. And if you're on the bubble of religion and science or any of that stuff and you're not sure about certain things because you don't have the answers, a lot of that stuff is covered in here. Uh, Mark, bless you, sir. You're a pleasure to always have on the show here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. We'll talk soon again. Take care of yourself and stay COVID-free. Stay (laughs) healthy. You're the best. Guys, that's all we have here for uh, Inside the Jackal's Head. Stick around. Within the next few minutes, we have Nicholas uh, Mitchell Nicholas Gerber with uh, Unleashed Truth Radio, and uh, he'll be live on here to talk to you about the atrocities that are happening in the, in the world over in uh, communist China and a lot of other terrible places right now that are just doing atrocities to our people. Again, like we talked about on the show, we got to come together as a people. We've got to unite, and we've got to make sure that we live righteously by our Creator. And that is the uh, final message of the night. Guys, take care. Stay COVID-free, and we will catch you on the flip side here on Inside the Jackal's Head. Good night, y'all. Peace. <laughs>